Today we've invited three of our missionaries, Matt and Katie and Jan, into the office to chat to us about their experiences of short-term mission, both from a perspective of going on a short-term trip, as well as being a long-term missionary hosting short-term trips. Jan has served with AIM for 29 years in a variety of roles and locations, but has most recently been running a business in North Africa. Matt and Katie have been serving in Mandratsara, northern Madagascar, on a project seeking to plant and strengthen churches among an unreached people group through a hospital, school and radio station. I'm sure we've all heard stories about when our efforts to do good, especially on a short-term trip, unintentionally end up doing harm. Today we're going to talk about how we can make sure we can avoid this, as well as how short-term mission can support and encourage long-term missionaries and ministries. So I'm going to begin by asking you to tell us about some of the times when you've seen the benefit of short-term mission. And do you have any specific examples of this? I've seen it in lots of ways, actually. Um, you know, in our last four years, we were in a, a context where we had a business. And um, in one year, we had about 60 short-term people um, come along from different backgrounds to help in our business. And um, the benefit was huge. Uh, there was a couple of times when um, people weren't well prepared, but for the most part, people came to, to serve and to build relationships with people. And um, the local people where we were just absolutely loved having people to talk to and who were interested in them and their language and culture. And us too, um, we've we've had some wonderful examples of short-termers coming to join the team in Madagascar with us. Um, uh, often uh, people coming that we were not anticipating or advertising for, people coming to fulfil particular roles that we didn't know needed filling at the time. Um, I think particularly of, um, you know, we had some, uh, we had need for a, an accountant um, at a particular time and, and we didn't know that, of that need in advance when we were in discussions with an accountant who was interested in coming out to join us. Um, so that was wonderful to see how God had provided someone just at the right time, even when we didn't uh, know of that need ourselves. What about benefits to you from short term? Well, we've seen loads of ways that um, short termers maybe unexpectedly have really benefited us as a family. So some of uh, some of the short termers have been really great at. Um, making friends with our children, looking after them, babysitting. We've even had short-termers um, cook us a three-course meal and turn their house into a restaurant and then come over and look after our children and push us out to our restaurant. So <laughs> that was an unexpected way. Um, and just, you know, lo- lovely attitudes and um, openness and helpfulness. Um, yeah, really, really positive. We had a um, we had a, a short term team from Belgium come out uh, a number of years ago, and there was a there was a young man on the team who didn't really know what he was coming to they were to join for us for about three days, weren't they? Um, and so, in speaking to him the first day he was here, I was you know he was asking how can I how can I help while I'm here, and I said well what what do you do in Belgium? And he said I'm a I'm a bobcat driver, um, and it just so happened that we had. Some a bobcat on loan from MAF at the time we didn't like Mandritsara, the town we worked in hadn't seen a bobcat ever <laughs> until this point and has not seen one since but there was one there at that time and he 
he spent his his whole time there um, developing a sports sports ground sports pitch um, that we we use with our to, you know to play sport with our kids and lots of local kids played on that sports pitch for for years and continue to do so now. Yeah, we were um, building a library as part of our business, um, bringing English books to the um, local people. And um, there was an older couple who visited us many times over our time there. And um, you know, one of the occasions, they, um, before we'd really got the business going, they were sitting in the library covering books and putting little um, labels in them and praying. And we were just so extremely conscious of the power of their prayers. Um, there were things that happened during that period, I remember, where I, I remember thinking to myself, that must be because they are praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that, um, yeah, at any age, you can be helpful if you come with the right attitude and, and a sense of, you know, um, how can God use me here? Mm-hmm. And are there particular attitudes that you would like to see short termers demonstrating? I think what um, Jan was just saying, being open and flexible um, to how God could use you, being available, and what you, the skills you might go with might not be what God wants to use you for mm-hmm. most. And, um, you know, you might be used in unexpected ways or simple, you know, seemingly simple ways just by being friendly and or being mm-hmm. an encourager. Um, that's something we've really noticed. Mm. And I think a, a couple of other things that that willingness to serve mm. um, and to and to fit in with the with the situation that you you're going to and the people who are working there. So, I think one of the things that I found most helpful as a leader was when short termers came and said to me, you know, how what can I do to to help and and um, yeah, not just that willingness to serve, but trying to trying to work out how, what's the best thing that they can do in that situation mm-hmm. with the gifts that mm-hmm. God rather has given than coming them. with fixed ideas. rather than coming mm-hmm. with their own agenda or particular things that they um, you know want to achieve while they're there mm-hmm. um, yeah I remember um, one person who came um, and right away was very critical of how we were doing certain things and um, how they would have done it differently um, even what language they would have learned in the local context. And um, the leader of that group was very apologetic afterwards. Um, but, um, yeah, often um, if you're only there for a short time, you cannot know the whole picture and, and the reasons behind way thing, ways things are done. And obviously you want to have a learning mentality yourself and um, be ready to... Um, hear better ideas but um, yeah there's there's probably a way of doing that that's that's more appropriate and um, even the time factor but um, yeah coming with a learning attitude coming ready to serve Mm. Mm. coming caring for Mm. um, the workers as well as the local people um, I think you know those are the most important things and we've had people who've just come um, and been there to pray mm. and we cannot underestimate the power and the effectiveness of people's prayers in the spiritual realm and I think that's just really anybody can pray yeah and uh, you know if you come with that heart to, to see God work then um, 
yeah welcome <laughs> that, that was my other um point that i was going to mention and and we've that that's something that we always try to encourage short-termers in because they they may not have understood what was being said you know hospital meetings and things like that but to encourage them to in the morning meetings before the work of the day starts to to sit in that um, meeting and to pray for the staff as they meet with patients and to pray for the patients and their families as they come to the hospital and so on and so forth and um, yeah I think that that um, sense that they're coming to to serve God and as Jan said anyone you know anyone can pray and it's not limited by language or Mm. anything else yeah we've had um, a number of people who a year or two later have contacted us and talked about somebody that they met and how they've been praying for them ever since they went back home and how are things with them Um, and that's just so powerful and, and humbling and yeah, we just we just love that. So in that, you touched on a couple of things that were unhelpful as well as helpful. Are there any other things that you would say are un- unhelpful attitudes that short-termers sometimes come with? For people you've read the When Helping Hurts book, it talks about going with a God complex or trying to save the world. Has that been anything you've encountered? I think occasionally... Um, People come thinking they have all the answers, but I would say that's the minority. I find that um, most of the the folk who've come to um, where we've worked over the years have come with a a heart to serve and be helpful and will ask how they can be helpful um, and and really take initiative, really, in um, finding things that they can, can do that perhaps we haven't even thought of, I think, like um, mm-hmm. Matt mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very much our experience as well. Occasionally things have happened or people think they're the expert, but that's hardly ever happened, really. People have come with very um, good attitudes, so part of that must be preparation and you know God just preparing their hearts and um, you know their humility and awareness that they are not the experts in that place Mm. so do you think that's something we can do to help short termers manage expectations before they go out I think it should be part of the orientation process um, where um, they're encouraged to come with a a learner mentality um, and a prayerful um, attitude um, but you know, to, I think also it is important to to say you know um, that they can be helpful, um, and it, and they can be a real encouragement. So not to put them off in a sense, um, yeah. But just to be prepared that um, things can often look different in a different cultural context, and. Um, to go with the attitude of trying to understand that rather than thinking that, you know, the way they do stuff is better. Yeah. Yeah, we got told at do you remember, we got told at Bible College not to say anything or criticise or comment for at least a year. 
So if that's if that rule applies to short termers, then you should never say anything. But um, I'm not saying that's completely true. And we yeah. definitely tried to listen to short termers, mm. and we found debriefs and moments when we chatted over what was going on really helpful. And often they would observe things mm-hmm. that were actually useful for us to see yes. because we'd stop seeing those point those aspects. Mm. Um, so we did try and listen, but yeah, certainly not to go in with thinking you have all the answers and um, um, yeah that you you understand what's going on mm. yeah because I think in you know working in cross-culturally um, it's so much more difficult to to understand what's really going on in a situation so um, you know we were there for a while longer but um, there was still you know being there longer just helped you see how little you understood really of, of, of what was going on so you know as, as short term as just going in not going in with a judgmental attitude but but really with eyes opening open and asking you know what's really going on in this situation learning from from others who are there and presume the best really mm-hmm. might not understand but presume yeah. there's a good reason mm-hmm. um, for yeah. why things are happening the way they are is there anything you'd add to that in terms of medical electives or professional placements that's different or um, requires more managing of expectation of what people could actually do and not do? A um, couple of things I'd say about medical electives. Um, very similar, just that um, to kind of listen to the people who are supervising you and really try and learn from them um, because it's um, not try and compare everything to the West. It's obviously clearly different, and there are probably good reasons that you do certain things and don't follow the certain guidelines. It's probably for a very good reason. Um, but and to ask lots of questions. Um, the other thing, I don't know if it's related. Sometimes people, well, this is incredibly rare actually. But sometimes we would all slip into a mentality, oh, this is Africa, it's not the same. And some of your standards would slip in how you'd show respect to patients or talk to colleagues, um, maybe talk too much in one in English rather than in uh, try and speak in French or not put all the barriers around the bed because you've seen that other people don't do that. So just to maintain all of those high standards of confidentiality, and um, respect for patients. Yeah, yeah, and and in the in our context where we were teaching English, um, I I often had a class full of very professional people, like bank managers and doctors and university professors, um, and again the same idea of respect. Um, yes, we had something to offer with our particular skill and language that they they want, but. Um, these people have a lot of life experience and we can learn a lot from them. And, um, and they're very aware of what is professional and what isn't. Um, so in a sense, giving a quality um, yeah, lesson or whatever you're doing, give it to the best of your ability. And just because perhaps they struggle with the language, um, we still need to have great respect for them as, as individuals. Um, yeah. And again, as, as um, Matt and Katie were saying, um, just, I think, respect for the local culture, that that shines through, but also interest in it. 
and using the opportunities to to learn from from the people that you're working with yeah definitely some of our colleagues like local nursing colleagues and lab staff and everyone working in hospital were so encouraged by elective students if they were friendly interested and really encouraging them so there were definite benefits um, to the wider team. It wasn't just the missionary team. Yeah, I think of um, a couple of nurses who joined our team and, and you know, language-wise struggled, um, but uh, did an amazing work on the ward in encouraging the other nurses through and their, attitude just their attitudes through. and their love for them and for the patients and for, you know, through using kind of... <laughs> hand signals and different things but they were just so much fun and just love you know the love of Jesus shone through them and it was a huge encouragement to the other nurses on the ward um and it's funny because on paper or if you'd known how bad their language was you maybe wouldn't they wouldn't have come mm-hmm. but it was um clearly they were there at the right time and there were loads of um, benefits to them being there so what would an ideal short term be like I think we were sort of talking about this anyway, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? That you, I mean, you, I think you've done quite a good job at describing like an ideal short term. But is there anything else <laughs> that you would add to that? Mm. I guess it does depend on the context um, as to you know what you're um, expecting, um, the the context in which the the short term person will come into. Um, but can anyone do it? I would say yes. I think. Um, if they sense a call from the Lord and um, if they have a heart to serve him and to serve the people that they're going to um, and they do it prayerfully. Um, you know, uh, we had um, a 75-year-old lady um, come who just loved people and um, and... And people loved her because she was just so interested in them, just chatting to them and um, just getting involved in the local community and showing an interest in other people. Um, and we had this last year, we had um, a 19 year old young woman come for six months. And some people thought, well, you know, no, she's too young. Um, but when we interviewed her, we could see that she was very mature for her age and there was just a real... You could tell there was a sense of, of, of call upon her life. And um, she was coming with another friend so they could live together. Um, and they had a tremendous impact locally and they did reception type duties but were very welcoming and chatted with people and showed interest in them. And um, were a great benefit and blessing. So. Age difference is any is any age too old or too young? Well, probably yes, too young. Um, but um, I think we we can't discount people because of age if there's a sense of call on their lives or a sense that yes, this person is going to be right for the situation um, locally. And um, then yeah, that add would to that. be our experience as well. I mean, we were in a hospital, but it certainly wasn't just doctors and nurses who God called. Um, you know, over the years, we've just had such a variety of people, different ages, skills, backgrounds. And it's just been amazing to see how God has brought people, um, as Matt said, that we didn't even know we needed at particular times for a particular role. 
So I would just encourage people that they don't need to have a certain skill set or profession to be useful as a short-termer. Mm-hmm. And just to add, uh, following on from what Jan said there, um, maybe they, maybe short-termers can be too young, but we, we have had a number of families with young children mm-hmm. coming to sh- as, as short-termers mm-hmm. who have been a huge encouragement, mm-hmm. not just to other families with young children on the team, but to, to the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I think um, calling is is um, important, but um, there's also a sense of exploring God's call. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, I think um, you know uh, an important factor is um, you know being open and open to what God might might do through mm. through you during that short term, but also mm. the potential for longer term service as well. And we've we've seen. Uh, a number of people who have come on a short-term basis but open to see where God may lead them for the future who have come back to the hospital to serve long-term or gone on to other places to serve longer-term. But, um, you know, that's wonderful when it happens, but um, short-term service in itself is is hugely valuable, you know, for the whether just for a weeks or 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 months um and if it's years that's wonderful too but um we've seen god use people for different lengths of time and Mm. it's been wonderful to see that and we're still in touch with many people who've we've met um as short-termers you know who have is given them a passion for mission Mm -hmm. they're engaged you know they might be back in their home country but they're praying they're interested they're um you know, exciting other people with regard to mission, and that's great to see as well. It's not just the um, the immediate impact on their lives, but how God's going to use them in the future too, from that experience. Mm. And I'm, um, we were always um, happy to encourage um, a group coming out, perhaps where the leader wanted to envision um, either for mission or. Or even to pray, like you said, you know, people who mm. have a passion afterwards mm. and continue praying and talk about it to others. Um, so, you know, although if people are coming out on their own, I think I think it's helpful for such people if they come with a with a group with somebody who can lead it. But um, um, yeah, I remember as a university student back in the seventies going on a trip to North Africa. Um, and that would bounce trip, um, and that had a powerful impact on my life. Um, when I was considering, I wasn't sure what mm. was going to happen in the future, and um, so I've always been keen to encourage people to have those sorts of exposures. Mm. Um, so you know, even if you don't know what the future holds, if you're curious or you're wondering. Um, yeah, why why not take an exploratory trip and um, see what God God says to mm. you in that time? So, Jan, you just mentioned that you did a short term trip. Matt, Katie, did you guys do any short term uh, mission trips before going out to Madagascar in Madagascar? Yeah, I did a couple of things before we were married, um, in breaks from university, and then as a medical elective too. Um, that was, it was really interesting from the medical point of view, but I think the biggest impact was I ended up living in a guest house 
and just meeting loads of missionaries passing through. So for me, that was probably the bigger learning point, just uh, meeting all these people who'd God called to, um, that was Nepal, um, and hearing from them and what they were up to. And I think that was really useful and unexpected. And then we've also, we did a short-term trip to Madagascar. We were there for several months initially, and that helped us um, uh, confirm our calling to mission, I suppose you'd say, and um, our it gave us a real heart for Madagascar and for that particular project, which is where we ended up. Yeah, and many of those serving in Mandritsara previously and, and now um, have done short-term service in in the hospital previously. So, um. I think it helped us get more excited about it. It also helped us in a practical way that we realised we could cope in that kind of setting. <laughs> so when you're talking about um, that sort of setting, one of the things that um, When Helping Hurts talks about is how short-termers deal with facing material poverty that they don't necessarily see in their home countries. How do you think we can manage expectations around that and how do you think short-termers um, could deal with that? I guess um, when you come in from outside with a certain expectation of a standard of living, um, you sort of, through your filters, impose that standard on the local situation and um, could it's easy to assume that these people, are, um, some people that they see are um, you know, in desperate need, in a desperate need that they perhaps themselves don't see. <laughs> um, and I remember when we lived in one context where, um, where people had very little, they lived from day to day, and yes, there were extreme and real needs in that context, but um, we also saw people in the same context who had more, but had way less than we'd ever had, who considered themselves well off um, and were comfortable and had what they needed. Um, so we learned to um, try and put away our own filters and try and just learn from the local context, I guess, more what, what was considered real need. Um, you know, in some contexts, people walked around in barefoot, bare feet, and yes, sometimes they needed shoes, but sometimes they didn't want shoes because it was actually more comfortable and more normal for them. Um, if they were in a city context, obviously it was going to be different, but um, I think we have to be careful not to put our own cultural perspectives on poverty as well. Um, I think there are cases where there is abject poverty and um, we could look at culturally appropriate ways of helping. Um, but it's good to have an insider's perspective. We always, um, when we were in certain countries, would work through the church, the local church leadership as to what was, what was the true situation. Yeah. Mm. So I think come in, being careful not to put your own cultural filters on poverty, I guess, is, is one important thing to remember. And I guess um, connected to that is uh, suffering, um, a, you know, a big overlap with poverty and if you're going to a poorer context. And certainly we were working in a hospital 
So short-termers, particularly if they were in a clinical setting, were exposed to a lot of death and, uh, you know, horrible, dreadfully sad stories. And um, so we had lots of cups of tea and cake and, I guess, informal debriefs, often on a daily basis with different people. That would help us long-termers as well as short-termers and praying together. And, um, you know, we'd... I just think having some kind of theology or understanding of suffering before you leave is really important to try and get slightly sorted in your in your mind. I'm not saying you're going to have all the answers perfectly worked out, but um, if you think about these questions before you leave, at least you've got some kind of basis to fall back upon, um, whether that's through you know looking at stuff online, talking to your pastors or other people, reading books. There are loads of brilliant books to help. And then when you're there, just to keep talking to the long-termers, because they've probably had to deal with those same issues and questions. And um, if there are things going on, like weekly Bible studies or prayer meetings or prayer triplets, to go and get involved in those. Don't shy away from those situations, because that's a great support as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, it's a whole... Kind of area of, of wealth and poverty is very c- complex kind of thing and any of these you know there are some great books out there on on, on wealth and poverty um, but none of them provide answers to most of the situations that you find yourself in they, they kind of describe the kind of generalities of, of the subject but you know when you face but with a particular person that's asking you for something how do you respond in that situation it's it's it is difficult um, so I, th- I think I'd um, mirror what, what Katie was saying there that you know it's important to get advice from people who have been on the, on the ground a bit longer. I think what Jan was saying about working through the local church is really important, but other kind of wise and trusted people in the context that you're serving, um, you know, if you've got a question, if you're not sure, then um, ask ask for help in that. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's a very very difficult area, and I think we've. You know, after ten years serving in Madagascar, um, we've got uh, had some, lots of experience of kind of being faced with those questions, um, but it's it's still remained difficult um, until now. So, you know, accommodate them and and have the capacity to to receive. Um, I think the the times that we've felt. Um, most stretched, I think, in re- receiving short term is we've had a, a big team coming for a short time with partic- you know particular things that they they want to do and want to achieve in that time, and it requires an awful lot of setup and an awful lot of intervention while they're there and quite a bit of clear up afterwards, <laughs> and and you know with limited long term benefit actually. So um, yeah, just um, being very careful in um, designing those kind of programs and ensuring that the people on the ground have the capacity to to deal with them and, and you know are, are welcoming of of you know want want short termers to come whether individuals or teams um, that's really important yeah good opportunities for communication in advance I think are helpful um, so it's a, it was an individual coming out, so the the office that's sending them is thinking through all the things that need to be organised and and then communicating. 
um, and as much as possible with the very people on the ground who are receiving them because sometimes things get communicated to officers that never get passed on um, so yeah that's exactly what I would say is at whatever stage it's possible to start direct communication mm. Mm. probably copying people in so that yeah. everybody's yeah. in the loop and knows yeah. what's happening but um, yeah and we've had um, a couple of groups through AIM that have come with really great leaders um, who've um, really taken the weight of the responsibility for yeah. looking after the team yeah. and um, and and they've just been an absolute blessing to us yeah, yeah. so I think we've only really got one last question and that's um, what does success look like in a short term context so uh, just something small to you and finish up but maybe I thought it would be good to just give an example of something you've seen as, as successful rather than necessarily like the points so it could be a person or a team or an outcome that happened as a result and we've got the bobcat story or something but, <laughs> but things like that I thought might be, um, might be good to illustrate um, yes we um, a team came out um, a couple of years ago and um, somebody on the team would you know sit in on classes and um, showed a lot of interest and and was just wonderfully just communicating and developing relationships with some local people and um, we were talking during the time um, she was there about um, the needs that we had at our center and um, and she basically asked, well, if I did this, could I come? <laughs> and um, literally, to cut a long story short, a year later, she was on the ground and um, having a, already a good, great impact and qualified and capable um, to fulfill an important role in, in the centre. So that was just absolutely brilliant. I, th I think of, um, you know, so many times... Um, in the hospital where we were working, you know, we, we were praying for the Lord of the Harvest to send workers and, um, you know, quite often didn't quite have enough doctors for, for the work and our team of doctors were really stretched. Um, I think of one, um, there are so many examples, but I think of one particular um, couple who came from Australia um, into retirement, um, but they came at a time when uh, we really needed um, medical support so um, he was a, a paediatrician um, and he uh, worked his socks off and um, quite often kind of covered the call for Katie because she was really tired um, I basically saw him at work or asleep in a chair um, <laughs> for the whole time that he was there he just um, came with uh, completely to serve and and uh, both him and his wife were full of stories of a life spent, you know, in mission, and we just, you know, were exhausted at the time. But remember sitting, sitting back, just listening to these wonderful stories from them, mm. and and you know, just being ministered to mm. by them over that period of time. And and they they really were so important in getting us through a very difficult period. And the impact they had on the local staff as well, yeah. because everyone could see this elderly couple working so hard with such servant hearts because yeah. mm -hmm. um, he was clearly you know the top of his profession and yet happy to mm -hmm. be 
running around doing the menial things and I think that just was so powerful to those people who were also working really hard mm. on the ground serving people and serving God mm. yeah, and I would actually just um, underline um, that as well by saying um, we've had a number of older folks come out who are ages ages respected in Africa mm. Mm. and um, that they have shown interest in the local community that they have listened to them, spent time with them, um, cared about them, prayed, prayed for them, has, has a powerful impact. Mm. And, um, you know, whoever's, uh, we have this, uh, 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 what are called a conversation club, largely with university students. Um, and um, the room where, where they have it is, you can see through the window, people are walking in. And when they've been away and they come back, um, it's one particular couple after a while away whatever's happening in the room they see them walking in and it's like it's interrupted oh, they're here <laughs> and people absolutely love them and um, yeah um, so I'd encourage older folk to consider um, the, the value of, of spending some time overseas because you'll be loved and appreciated for it as well as people feeling empowered and encouraged because you show an interest in them and and want to serve them. Thank you, Matt, Katie and Jan, for a really interesting discussion. If you would like to find out more information about our current short-term opportunities and what kind of trips we offer, visit our website at eu.amint.org forward slash short-term. If you would like to read our latest article on when a helping hurts, you can find it on our blog at eu.amint.org forward slash when helping hurts.